Hello and welcome back to the Everyone's a Football Critic with me, Zach Palmer, and as always, my good, good friend, Mr. Callum Distin. Callum, it's been a while. How are you doing? Shaking off the cobwebs? <laughs> yeah, it feels a little bit weird recording after it's been so long. Um, I think we're, we're going to be able to give a bit more of an objective overview than we would have been if we'd have recorded this a week ago, I suppose. Yes, I think... Um, I think there were some emotional responses night of <laughs> night of it all happening um, but yeah trying to be a bit more level about it now but yeah apologies for the slight delay in doing this episode I went on holiday Callum moved house it's been busy busy life gets in the way sometimes but we are back and we're going to jump in then and painfully discuss England's <coughs> loss on penalties to Italy in Euro 2020 or 2021 depending on how you want to data um, final so Callum general thoughts on the game I know it's a little bit of a while ago now but how do you look at it now yeah I'm, I'm going to go on record here as well and say I watched it on the night and have not watched any highlights or anything back I've seen a couple of I don't know so I've seen the replays of some saves and stuff I've not I've not going to watch the game back in detail so if I'm if you think I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong as always. But um, yeah, no, the first first 35 minutes looked pretty comfortable. We were fairly on top, um, and then it all fell apart, really, didn't it? It was very reminiscent of that Croatia game in the World Cup. Um, there were a lot of parallels there. I thought the ma- the main one being England just sitting off, scoring probably too early, and then just if there's such a thing and then just backing off the whole time it was classic like the first the first thing I turned and said after we scored was like do not sit off and we didn't for the first 30-35 minutes and then we just did for the rest of the game and it the heads went I don't I I think Southgate has to take the brunt of the blame <clears throat> but I, I think it was very clear that a lot of the players heads went and there was a a lack of self-belief which I I think is unjustified given the quality of the players in the side and what they'd already done this tournament. I think they have every reason to believe in themselves, but it really just didn't feel like they did. It kind of felt like there we go. It, it, it almost felt like they they felt they thought that Italy were like miles better than them and they were just having to defend on for, for dear life. And that's that's not what England would have had to do. Like with the quality of players and the quality of play we those players had had throughout the tournament before it I don't think the negative attitude was warranted yeah I think this is the sort of flip-flopping attitude that I think has been present around this Southgate England side for this tournament and that I think to be fair we we've both um expressed as well justifiably because I think the opinion on this type of football is that it's that Mourinho sort of style of football of if you get results it's great if you don't it's shit because you go well you've got a bu- abundance of great talent there that you could be using in a far more exciting way and you don't but if you win it's okay you look like a genius if you don't then you look stupid um, and that's kind of how I think this tournament's gone in terms of how people perceive Southgate's management I think at the start of the tournament you and I in particular were quite um, negative about some of his squad picks, some of what we thought he was going to be doing tactics-wise. But then, to his credit, he stuck by what he wanted to do and we got good results and some okay performances um, for international football. Um, but then I think you get to a stage like the final against a team like Italy and we just looked so much worse because it didn't work and when it doesn't when defensive football doesn't work it looks dreadful and you look you look you look really poor and there's no and then that's when you can start pointing fingers because you go well there's no excuse for that when you've got Jack Grealish and James Sancho sat on your bench like you know you've got Kane leading the line and you've got Mount Foden well, Foden was obviously injured for the final but um, you sort of get what I'm getting at um, and yeah, it just it didn't work against this team. It would it's it's a game like that where you kind of go, I wish we had sort of decided to go toe to toe with with some of these teams. Um, but it's interesting you say um, that you felt England were on top because I I did rewatch the game, albeit at um, double speed, a couple of days ago because I 
couldn't be bothered to sit through the entire game all over again. Um, but I, I, I watched bits and pieces um, at double speed, and I, I thought after we. You're right. Once we once we got the goal, it probably was too early. We did City, but I don't think it took until the 35th minute. I think it took until the kickoff from the goal after we sure had scored that goal. I thought we sat really. We didn't register another shot at all on or off target for the entire half. Uh, Italy had six, I think, one of which was on target. So it's not like they were particularly sort of knocking on the door really, really intensely, but. Um, and I don't think they were sort of I wouldn't even necessarily say they were sort of dominating um, but I did think that they were they were the more likely and yeah, it's just it's disappointing when you take a lead in a tournament final like that you really expect to sort of go on and sort of take advantage of the superiority that you have there scoring first is a really really big advantage it shouldn't be seen as a negative um, so I thought that was really disappointing it was a great goal as well, by the way. We've not really touched on the goal itself. It was a really, really good finish from Shaw. It was one of those that you saw it coming over to him. And I feel like collectively across the country, everyone will have head in hands going, don't bloody shoot, like, take a touch, don't. And he just, it was a really good pick out from Trippier as well. Um, that that wasn't just a hit and hoss crow, a hit and hope cross. He'd seen Walker there, uh, uh, Shaw there, completely unmarked, put it in, and perfect on him. Really, really good finish from Shaw. Yeah, it was it was a great goal. It's, it's one of the, obviously when you're when you're emotionally invested in a team, it can be really difficult sometimes. I find sometimes I need the rewatch to kind of then pick out some of the tactical stuff. But what I was really impressed with even in the immediate aftermath of scoring that goal was I genuinely felt like that goal exploited where Italy's weaknesses were. And so I thought, oh, we, we actually might do something here because obviously Italy pushed their left back really high up and then uh, Chiellini pushes over, Bonucci pushes, pushes over and then Di Lorenzo pushes over as well to kind of almost form back three. So that means there's acres of space wide on the left-hand side for sure on that overlap. And Di Lorenzo got drawn in with, I assume it was Sterling but it could have been Mount if Mount, because Mount sort of started nominally on the left hand side so I think it probably would have been Mount that he had followed in which gave short that you know acres of space um, on the back post and as you say a beautiful delivery from Trippier and it's a great goal and you think okay that's brilliant let's let's keep hitting them there because that's England hitting Italy in transition quickly and then exploiting the space over on the left hand side that's been vacated by Di Lorenzo and once you go 1-0 up, Italy are going to come out even more, not that they would ever really sit deep in particular. So there's loads of opportunities for that transition play, but I just felt like we sat way too deep and just weren't explosive enough when we did get the ball. Um, but, sorry, I turned that negative again, but yes, it was a really, really excellent goal. Um, oh, on on the tactical matchup, um, England obviously shifted to the back three for this game, which was something, I mean, it's a while ago now, but in the preview we were sort of talking about we weren't quite sure whether they would do that. Obviously, Italy being a stronger side, you might think that we'd go to the back three, but the back three has been used in scenarios where it seems that Southgate's wanting to sort of match up to opposition and matching up to Italy isn't easy if you play the back three. So I think we sort of decided you'd prob- we'd probably see um, the four, but he did go with the three. What did you think? Did you think that that was a mistake? I didn't think that that in itself was a mistake. I, I felt... It was kind of... It was just an... It seemed more of an attitude problem. Like, when I, when I say... Uh, the sort of the 35th minute was kind of the point where... We, we were dropping off the, hot, the whole first half. The 35th minute was the point in the game where we... England just simply decided... We don't need to attack anymore. We're not, we're not going to give any... We're just going to back off and hope they don't score for the rest of the game. Whereas that first 35... It, it wasn't necessarily England dominance, but it... But it, it wasn't, it was competitive. It wasn't, we, we matched them. Um, they might have been a bit more successful with creating chances, but like, it, it was very much, it was, it, was, it was anyone's game, but we'd scored, so it was our advantage. Um, I, I don't think the three in itself was an issue. I just think it was more of an attitude issue. Um, and I don't know, I, I, I don't know where the blame goes for that. I think... I thought it was quite 
I don't know. I just I thought it was quite clear that there are quite a few players in that team who have never ever been under pressure like that before and didn't quite know how to cope. Um, and that's not taking away from those those players at all and their ability because it's not. You get that with experience. There's no way to simulate. Like I, I don't know how. Mason Mount's just won a Champions League final. He's obviously going to be a bit more calm and composed. Well, you would think he's going to be more calm and composed than, I don't know, your Calvin Phillips, your Declan Rice. Rice, who, by the way, I thought had a great game. Um, I, I I, just... I really don't know, <laughs> to be honest. That's, <laughs> do, that's it. I, you, I, I, sorry, sorry yeah. I was just going to say, do you think that you say that Rice and Phillips don't necessarily have the experience at this level um, which they don't so do you think that it was their aptitude problem that was instrumental in the loss or rather sorry you said Rice had a good game so do you think it was Phillips do you think he well, wasn't good enough not even not even necessarily but it's when, you, when you've not not necessarily that in itself but when you've not got the experience you're you're not shouting at the other players push up get up in a way that so H- Henderson, who I, I think you wanted to discuss in a bit more detail after, but he when he came on, I actually thought he was crap. Um, mm, he was exactly the player I was. Uh, he was awful, but he was he was the player I was calling out for the whole game. Um, and and I think if if he had have started, it potentially would have been different because you have then you have in the heart of your midfield a Champions League and Premier League winning captain. If the team starts backing off and dropping off, he he's there and he's screaming at them push up like don't do this and it's a very different scenario to come into a game where the game the shape is where the game's already taken shape and you're coming on off the bench it's a lot harder to have or take a position of leadership from that as opposed to being there from the start um we kind of touched on it before the tournament i don't think harry kane is the appropriate choice of captain at all for the england side um because he's not very vocal um he's not not exactly a winner. He's a superb, probably the best goal scorer in the world. But he's a he's a Spurs player that like that that has to come into it. Um, the way when you when you're constantly week in week out playing for a club that is that is known for obviously other teams bottle, but Spurs are known whether I I would say unfairly some of the time, but they are known as the club who bottle. I think that that has to. That has to play into it. There has to be. I, I just don't see enough. I don't know. I, I just. I, I don't understand why they backed off in a way that it was so abundantly clear to everyone. And and like, I'm I'm sure there must have been other players in the team. But and Pickford, whenever he conceded a shot and was making a save, or even even when he didn't have to make a save, he'd be screaming. He was just the whole time was telling the players to push up, and we just backed off and backed off and backed off, and then we conceded and. We were never going to be the team to score after after that Italy goal went in. It was it was penalties or bust for England. Mm. Yeah, I, I I mean for yeah uh, for 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 me I'm I'm not I'm not too fussed about like captaincy. Really, I think it can I think it can be important. I think it, it, it's one of those intangibles. But I think you know really. Where, where, when you're an international team and let's I mean when, if you include Henderson um, and let's include Rice as well who predominantly captains um, West Ham now as well since Noble's not really in the starting lineup um, very often you've got four club captains on the pitch um, so yeah Kane probably shouldn't be England captain but I'm, I'm not really that fussed and I, I don't really care what club people Teams play players play for to be honest with you about captaincy, um, but uh, I think the the thing for me that frustrated me is when we spoke about the potential of playing. I think this is when we were talking about the potential of playing the three four three against Denmark, and I I suggested that Southgate might do this exact lineup there with then having Mount drop into midfield to sit on the holding midfield player. Um, you know, in the defensive phase, um, and so I figured that's what we would try and do this time, and then you'd end up kind of having Sterling push up as a striker, and that sort of seemed to happen. But Mount didn't 
do enough to sit on Jorginho. I thought Jor- Jorginho <coughs> had a pretty decent game, I thought, and could dictate all he wanted. I just don't feel like Mount did enough, which meant that if Mount's not dropping into midfield and he's just sort of like sat over on the left-hand side most of the time, then Jorginho's free or then Calvin's got to leave Verratti and push up on Jorginho, which leaves Verratti free. So then maybe Rice has to push across and that leaves Barella free. And basically by going to the 3-4-3 and Mount not doing enough to stop Jorginho, I feel like we had every problem that you're going to inevitably have when you don't match Italy up in the midfield. I think that I think that probably not playing with three out-and-out midfield players probably was suicidal. I mean, and I do think that that's that's where we got overran. I think that's why we had to keep sitting deeper is because it's quite difficult for Rice and Phillips to push up and be really aggressive if they're outnumbered. So you're going to have to sort of inevitably drop back because how often can Phillips keep running to Jorginho just to be bypassed by a pass for Verratti and then have to come back and check back I, I thought both Rice and Phillips did fine I think as you said Rice in particular had a really really good game Pro- probably the best game he's had in the tournament so far yeah. I would have said um, from that role um, but again like you, you, even then you look at the midfield players and Phillips was far and far away the highest presser with 58 Mount was second with 24 pressures so like that's a that's a you know more than half drop off of pressures from one to the next and I'm not I'm not just kind of like praising Phillips there for being a monster presser he is and it's really useful and he gets about the park really effectively and causes problems for opposition players but that's just a sign sign that we really struggle to get up to Italy and you're going to really struggle to do that if you don't have the numbers in midfield to get up to them Um, so that's that's why I think we sort of instinctively started dropping deeper because I just don't think we had the men in the midfield to actually sort of control the tempo and keep the ball which is what we like to do keep the ball so that the opposition don't have it and I just don't think we could do it against Italy and I don't know, I'm, I'm getting angry I just think it's a just a shame <laughs> yeah and it's frustrating what's really frustrating is something we were very critical of um, the England side and appropriately critical of of the England side against Scotland was giving Billy Gilmore so much time and space on the ball and we were saying I think it was about Mount specifically you have to come in and press him you have to he, he's a kid put some pressure on him and it'll he'll lose the ball that's how like or he'll at least have he won't be able to have as much time to take the piss in the way that he did um and, and we we didn't learn from that mistake in a, in a game which fortunately didn't mean anything in the end we didn't learn from that mistake and did the same thing against Italy against Jorginho who is clearly a far better player mm. who who can do far more with far less time on the ball and we still gave him that time and space on the ball and for me if, if Mount isn't so there, there are two options either Mount isn't doing his role tactically mm-hmm. uh, which Southgate has the role Southgate's given him um, and then, then there's a Mount issue and that, mm. that's an attitude problem whatever going on the assumption just going on the assumption that that wasn't what he was told to do that then raises the question why is he the one starting in that position yeah. because there are multiple other players in the side who are <coughs> who, who are better than him on the left wing and one of the main thing one of the main reasons we've been saying for Grealish not being starting is that Sterling's your top scorer he's on the left wing he's had a great tournament you don't want to move him out of position if Southgate's willing to move him out of position to put him on the right wing Grealish is the choice for winger for me. If you're just playing as a left winger in that, which is what Mount did, um, I just think Grealish does that role better. He's better with the ball in tight situations. He doesn't give away possession as much. Um, I thought Mount had. I can't, I'm remembering stats off the top of my head, but in the first half, I think Mount had 23 touches and gave possession away 12 times. So over, it was definitely over half the amount of times he touched the ball. He gave possession away, and there's obviously a caveat to that. If you're the creative player, you're trying those passes as opposed to sort of, I don't know, a, a rice just passing to the closest man. It's obviously a different role. You have to look at the the, the pass completion, whatever, in different contexts. But that is not good enough. Giving the ball away over half the amount of times that you touch it is not good enough. 
and, and that's not good enough if you're certainly not good enough if you're not making up for it in other positions on the pitch in like or other like roles you're doing for the team because like you say he just didn't he, he sat out on that left wing it was not fluid at all um in a way that with the players it really should have been with the players on that pitch we should have been able to fluctuate between like there are quite a few feasible or different feasible formations for us to play with just that list of players and we didn't take advantage of that at all there were loads of it just feels like such a huge missed opportunity more than anything and like that that's kind of how I feel like we it was probably the easiest run to a final we'll ever have it was it wasn't easy obviously but it is unlikely that we'll have a an easier run to a final certainly in the near future um yeah missed opportunity that's kind of that sums the game up doesn't it yeah I think so and on, on Mount just briefly I think the value of Mason Mount has always been what he offers off the ball and positionally um he's very smart and he's very tenacious um and if he's not doing that stuff then yeah um, you've got a bit of a problem or if he's not doing it well enough I, I don't think it was like a, an effort issue because I think Mason Mount's going to try um, I think probably doesn't help Southgate sort of chopping and changing fairly regularly between a couple of systems and then kind of trying something fit, like very different in the final mm-hmm. but you are right Mount did basically play as a left winger but I don't think it was like, oh, well, Sterling's playing as a right winger. I basically, I think Sterling played as a striker pretty much alongside Kane. We just didn't really play with a right winger, but that just meant that Trippier occupied that right-hand side and he could push up higher and Walker would push out a little bit. So that was fine. Trippier offered the width on that side, um, allowing Sterling to sort of get a bit more central and float a little bit around Kane. But that means that Mount really needs to drift in more centrally and he just, I just don't think he really did. And, I, I honestly, I don't know. Honestly, obviously, we don't know what he was told to do and what he wasn't told to do. But that was that was really bizarre. Um, and yeah, I think I think you're right. Missed opportunity. And when you look at the players that we have, I I think that probably the best team of the tournament did win in Italy. But I think we we had a shot there. And even though we did lose the game in the end, we were right in it as well. And it could have gone differently. And you just think it's just a bit of a shame. Um, <clears throat> But um, and, and, and enough on Mason Mount on 70 minutes we did change back to the um, back four uh, presumably that's a vindication of what we're saying about it being a bit of a mistake to go to the system that we did or I know you're saying that it's maybe less of a, a formation system based thing and you know there's some individuals that maybe just weren't putting their weight within whatever system it is that we're playing but presumably he changed the system uh, just after we had conceded so presumably he saw that maybe it was a mistake or that the maybe just at that moment he felt the four could offer uh, a little bit of something different do you think it did offer anything different at all not really which is we (coughs) which is kind of why I I don't think the um, it's why I don't really think the formation at the start of the game was overly relevant Mm. we certainly in extra time we didn't look like scoring we had there was that one run when Saka could have got through and Chiellini fouled him, um, which it's not a red card; it's a yellow card. It just looks bad. Um, <clears throat> I'm of the opinion and have always been of the opinion that there needs to be. I, I don't know. There needs to be because that's not a red card. That's not. But but there is no attempt to play the ball. Um, I I don't. Tactical fouls are a part of the game. I just don't like. If there's not e- if there's not even an attempt to play the ball, I feel like there should be. I, I don't know whether the solution be a sin bin or, or whatever. I just feel like a a yellow card, say like a late tackle that happens to go in, getting the same punishment as that, even though I don't think that should be a red card, and by the rules it's not a red card. Um, I, I I don't like it. I don't like that they are deemed of ec- equivalent like bad things to have done to have do one like a, a slightly late tackle or literally grabbing someone that would no 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 not even like a smidgen of an attempt to play the ball because that's for the for the double jeopardy rule that's what um like 
that's that's what comes into it. If there's an attempt to play the ball, you can't be sent off for a pen- for giving away a penalty. But if you don't attempt it, you can. So there is a precedent there for the rules being different on on whether there's intent or not, um, with regards to red cards, yellow cards, whatever. Um, even though that isn't always relevant in the case of dangerous fouls, for example, Jorginho, um, was it five minutes later or five minutes before, which I, 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 I just give up. I, I'm, a, I'm again, I'm of the opinion that that shouldn't be a red card, but by the rules, that is a red card, and we have seen far softer red cards given this tournament, um, and, and it wasn't given and was hardly reviewed, and I, I just... It's more inconsistency, and and the inconsistencies in refereeing. I, that's not the reason we lost. I've been massively no. critical of the England team. That is not the reason we lost, but but it could have made a difference. And it's just not acceptable that the standard of refereeing is so inconsistent with the addition of VAR. If you have VAR, it has to make an improvement on consistency. Even even if even if you don't like, and I'm not a fan of some red cards that are given. But if you're giving those red cards, you have to give all of them. You have to go. Actually, that's a red. That's a foul. Just the consistency. That's what. That's what fans want. Fan. You can. We can argue for days about what the rule should be specifically, but that's never the complaint from fans. Mm. From a, from a fan perspective, it is. I, I want one decision on one pitch to be the same as the decision that would be made on another pitch, and it's not that at, at any level. And it's more. It's obviously clearer when you go down to the lower leagues. Um, but but to have just to have a standard of refereeing that inconsistent is just not not acceptable. Yeah, it's it's exasperation rather than anger, really, isn't it? At refereeing mm. decisions, where you just it, it's a it's a bit tiring. Um, yeah, that that uh, Chiellini foul. It's it's the sort of thing that um, Fernandinho at Man City is really really good at. Um, good at in inverted commas. It obviously mm. depends on your perception, but you know it's it's a grey area in the rules. So. I guess you've got to take advantage of it. You can debate the the morals of that in your own time, but they're, they're, it's I intelligent remember. play. Yeah, if yeah, you're absolutely. allowed to do it within the rules, which you are. It's yeah. intelligent play because they might have conceded otherwise. So why would yeah. you not? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I remember there was uh, a scenario with Fernandinho. He took out Rafinha um, with a sort of came across him um, mm-hmm. as Rafinha knocked the ball past him, and you know was on the counter attack, not through on goal, but you know basically would have almost inevitably created a, a goal-scoring opportunity. Um, just sort of comes across him and just uh, sort of goes straight through him, basically. And it was a yellow card. But Rafinha was out for a few games afterwards, nursing a really bad... Um, it was a thigh or hip injury, I think. And it was situations like that where you just think, that's it's such a cynical challenge that has ended up quite seriously injuring another player. And it's just a yellow card. So I, I do... Uh, agree with you. I wonder whether it's a matter of like maybe a a third type of card where essentially for that foul, uh, Chiellini on Saka, for example, because of the the blatant cynicism of it. Yes, okay, in the the situation that the foul was made, it's it's a yellow card offence, but maybe it's a blue card for the sake of argument, and it, it acts as a yellow card for that game. But then maybe you get you maybe you miss the next game. Maybe it like it works like that that you're not sent off, but <clears throat> the effect is the same as the red card for the next game or something like that, where you just sort of there's a greater level of punishment for it if you want to cut it out of the game because I do think that's a shame. Like I, to be honest with you, I don't, I don't think Saka would have really done anything with that opportunity because um, I think he's been quite sloppy in possession anyway. I think his final ball hasn't been great, but um, you know it's a, it's a good opportunity and you can see you know you see the screen grabs from. Um, that phase of play and the acres of space ahead of Saka that that it, it, it's cynical he's never getting to the ball it's really frustrating I find those sort of situations quite frustrating because you think a oh, great opportunity was probably just about to come from that and how nice would it have been to see a goal scoring opportunity created but not to be because Chiellini <coughs> decided to strangle the boy but yeah it's it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's damaging the like from a from an from a rule maker perspective it's damaging towards the entertainment factor of mm. your own game I feel that's how I kind of feel about the massively overly harsh suspensions in international football mm-hmm. um, <laughs> in international tournaments if you get a yellow two yellow cards in like uh, is it in five games or something, something like you're going to get a suspension which is not that, that doesn't make you a violent player getting two yellow cards that's not that's not a lot no. um, 
I, they're just it's it's damaging towards your own game because you get rid of potentially entertaining like you get rid of your best so for the yellow cards you get rid of your best players from really important games um and for from the Saka perspective you you get rid of a potentially exciting attack which from a from a neutral point of view you want as many exciting attacks as you can like you mm. you I don't know from a neutral point of view and trying to get as many viewers as possible you surely your rules are going to be more beneficial towards attacking play than defensive and, and I, I'm a big fan of defensive play. I like, I love a love a tackle. One of my favourite mm. parts of the game. And and even I'm, I just think there has to be a change here. There needs to be a significant change. And I don't know what. There are, we we floated ideas. I but I don't know what the ideal solution would be. But there is one, and it, it's not what is happening right now. There needs to be a change. Yeah, no, I agree. It's the same um, same school of thought that's quite angry with um, the current. Uh, VAR assessment of offsides and stuff, where you just think the benefit should be given to the attacker here, hundred percent. Yeah. Like it's just silly. If something's in line, just go with it. So yeah, it's the same with that sort of thing. Um, we'll see. Um, I think there should be should be some changes to the rules. But anyway, refereeing aside, um, I'm not really that bothered about talking about extra time. But uh, we should probably talk about the penalties. Um, I think you and I had slightly differing opinions on the penalties and the individuals involved with the penalties uh, and by that I mean I think you were probably a little bit less forgiving than I was towards the players themselves um, but let, let's start then with the decision to substitute on Marcus Rashford and Jaden Sancho to take penalties because they were specifically subbed on for that purpose um, Two guys that have been on the pitch for, what, about a minute maybe prior to stepping up to take the penalties, hadn't really got a touch of the ball. Do you think that that's a factor? Do you think sort of going up to take a penalty cold, as it were, um, is going to impact your ability to take a penalty? Absolute. A hundred percent. Like, there's a reason players kick a ball around before a game when warming up. Like, if, if you've, if you've been to a game in the flesh you, you see the, the warm-ups and there's obviously a lot of physical stuff and stretching but like they do shooting drills you have even the defenders doing shooting drills because just because it you, you you get a feel for the weight of the ball it's it's, it's different you, you you need to practice like no matter what what level you are you you need a bit of practice and and not having a touch you then come in um you you come onto the pitch and I, I think it shows from who is a normally quite a composed player, I would say, from Marcus Rashford and has smashed in important penalties before. The one against PSG is the one that comes to mind. <clears throat> and he missed the goal. He, he didn't just take a poor penalty. He missed the target. And and I, I think if he's... I don't know. I think if he's played the full game, I don't think he does that because I think he's come on and he's had a bit of a touch and he's a bit more used to it. And he Because he hit the post, didn't he? And it, I think that sneaks in on the inside of the post rather than going post and out um I I kind of I, I'm never a big fan of substitutes just for penalties or for a last minute whatever Sunderland did it a few years ago many years ago now with Seb Larson on in the last because he was obviously the free kick specialist yeah. he came on for the last kick of the game and, and obviously skied the ball well over because you're not going to be able to take an inch perfect free kick yeah. if you've not kicked the ball and like it, it, I, I have on the night I was quite frustrated the players um, I'm still quite frustrated from I there are a couple of footballing opinions I have I don't like a slow shitty run up I don't like short corners um, just a couple of very like Yadar opinions which I have and I stand by I just don't like it I, I don't like the stupid little pissy steps run up because it looks great when it comes off but when it doesn't you look like a tit it's like when you the Penenka when you when you attempt it if you score it and the keeper's gone early great you, you've really mugged him off if you don't you just look like a bell end. you look like you, you've, you've got a bit cocky and it's not worked um I got. I was frustrated at Rashford for missing. I was then frustrated at Sancho for taking the same approach and then taking a really, really poor penalty. Actually, um, and I, I, I don't blame Saka a bit. He's a nineteen-year-old. I blame. I certainly blame Southgate for that penalty lineup. When you have Grealish coming out post-game going, 
I wanted to take a penalty. I said I will take a penalty. And Southgate, as a man who especially, he is haunted by his penalty miss in a way that the media don't even have to... There is a big negative attitude towards English players from the media. The media don't have to bring it up. He brings it up himself in interviews and go going... Oh, I really hope I'm making all my play like my ex teammates proud, the fans who are really disappointed in me proud. Like I'm trying to redeem myself. He is clearly still very haunted by that penalty miss. Even though as an England manager, he's achieved more than that that England team did. I would say, um, why would you then stick a 19 year old kid on the final penalty on probably the most important penalty in English history? I I think is is fair to say that. Why would you then put all the weight and that pressure on a 19-year-old kid? I like, I, it's just really, really, it's shockingly poor man management. And I would argue that, and it's surprisingly poor man management as well, actually, because as as much as Southgate has unexpectedly impressed us this tournament tactically, and he's because he's shown he's a lot more um, tactically adept than I think a lot of people, myself included, gave him credit for pre-tournament. His main strength is still man management, and I just think he's massively bottled that on the night. Yeah. Um, so I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna retort to a couple of those points, but I'm gonna go. There's a lot gonna, to unpack. Go yeah. No, no. 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 That's fine. I'm gonna go. So I'll take one at a time. So I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start with Marcus Rashford, and what I'm gonna put to you is mm-hmm. that pissy run up worked. He completely sold the keeper the other way. What he's got wrong then is obviously that final, that final kick, which obviously is instrumental. You've got to put the ball in the back of the net and he's hit the post. But that pissy run up did work. And more importantly, that is how Rashford takes penalties. So you're not going to change that at, you know, the final on a world stage and suddenly just go, actually, I'm just going to run up and leather it. Cause that's not his routine. You know, a lot of it is all about repetition, um, and, uh, psychology. You, you're going to keep in your headspace. So, that, that would be my report, retort to that because I actually think that Rashford did everything right bar the actual kick part um, which whatever like you're going to miss sometimes when you take penalties Sa- Sancho's was a poor penalty pissy run up or not um, which as you say doesn't help if you're going to sort of stutter and then just sort of put the ball at perfect height basically midway between the centre of the goal and the post like it's literally the easiest penalty to save uh, I don't know at, at the time we had the discussion and I'm I'm very much just of the opinion of eh these things happen you know you miss penalties they're not a sort of potluck but yeah. there's obviously lots of factors that go into them you should really score penalties but people don't score penalties for a reason they're the culmination of a draw at tournament football for a reason they're kind of exhilarating exciting because there's something added to that I guess it's just the pressure of obviously on a world stage a lot at stake but also when you know that you should easily do something it's suddenly not very easy um, but yeah look that, that's a that's a bad penalty um, we'll get on to discuss why like they were picked to take these penalties because I think that's I think Saka and Sancho in particular just slightly odd decisions um, Saka as you say I actually think Saka's penalty was fine the keeper just went the right way which that that happens most most keepers guess which way you're going I think I think part of the reason and I think like the choice to have Maguire take a penalty for example I think part of maybe Southgate's thinking was actually having penalty takers that don't take penalties very regularly means that Donnarumma has no idea what they tend to do with their penalty so I wonder whether that was a factor in the like Saka, Sancho, Maguire decision you know clearly competent penalty takers but also they don't take penalties very often um, yeah Saka's look it wasn't great but it, uh, it was fine it, it, if the keeper dives the other way nobody's looking at that penalty going you know that was tight um, that wasn't a great penalty you know because it just nestles in the the side of the goal it, it was better I, than Sancho's but in a similar sort of I kind of I I, th- I think the shot was I it was a similar height not very good power um similar sort of similar difficulty save um I I it, I don't blame Saka at all he doesn't take penalties he's a nineteen year old um I, I, it's just 
I didn't think it was a great penalty because I think, I think, I don't know. You, Harry Maguire's penalty, for example, no keeper saves that ever. I, you can't do that every time, but you're, yeah. that should be the attempt. Put it in a corner and stop them scoring. Yeah. It's what Ronaldo does, and obviously Ronaldo has missed a few, and he is probably the best penalty taker, well, one of the best penalty takers in the world. But like, he just blasts it when he stands up for it. You don't have a doubt. You go right. Well, Ronaldo's about to score this penalty. Um, yeah, I, I, I just think it was bizarre from Southgate the choices. Oh yeah. I'll, so yeah, I want to respond to that. I would just say that I haven't rewatched the penalties, so I will take yes. take you at your word that um, Saka's wasn't great either. From memory, they were both fairly similar, but I thought Saka's was slightly further over to the side. But I, I could be misremembering. Um, but yeah, that's fine. So. The other, yeah, sorry. The other thing I wanted to then uh, just re- respond to: Did you see that Grealish came out and said, obviously on Twitter, that he had put himself forward to take a penalty? Yes, that's yeah, yeah, that's what. I, I, I yeah. Um, so I, 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 I don't like that. I don't like that at I all. Agree. Uh, I like I, I think because he's clearly, I mean, p- partic- I, it leaves a sour taste in my mouth because it's off the back of obviously two of his teammates. Sorry, sorry, three of his teammates receiving a lot of racist abuse from all corners of the internet and he's sort of seen a little bit of um, sort of suggestion towards him of oh why isn't Grealish stepping up and saying he'll take a penalty and he's decided oh that's not fair I'm going to retort to the fact that people are suggesting that I didn't want to take a penalty when I would have been happy to take a penalty like do you know what Jack maybe be better at penalties in practice and then maybe a 19 year old wouldn't be picked ahead of you in the in the order because he's literally substituted on two penalty takers well two players to take penalties in Rashford and Sancho so he's he's got his ideal you know some, somewhere close you would have thought to his ideal five penalty takers um, on the pitch and he's not picked Grealish so clearly Grealish is doing something hasn't been as great at taking penalties in practice because they would have trained these he's not just I don't think he's just picked Saka out of the hat he must have decided Saka is one of my five best that I have available to me right now and right now that outweighs the inexperience he has on the world stage I agree with you I don't really think that he should be putting a 19 year old Bakaya Saka in that situation um, when certainly not on the last penalty no no that yeah that is that is an odd decision um, but I assume the feeling was well we might not get there whereas I, I always think I would I like I quite like pressure if I was a player, I, I want to take the fifth penalty because I want the glory, and I, I, I want to take the winning penalty. But I understand why that tends to be reversed for a, a manager because they want actually I'm going to stack the first ones with my best penalty takers because you just want to you want to score as many as possible and you just want to get it over with as soon as possible. Um, but yeah, strange, strange. What 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 do you think then about Saka over let's say Grealish? I presume Grealish was probably the sixth penalty taker. I so so I a clip I have seen actually is the is like the focus of um, Southgate deciding on who takes the mm. penalties. So he was he was stuck between Saka and Grealish. Is right. the from obviously I've got no sound. The impression I I got was he he and his assistant were in deep discussion about do we go Saka, do we mm. go Grealish, which one of them, and then what goes up to Saka and goes, "You're going to take the fifth." Um, I. I kind of I'm a bit on the fence with what you're saying about the Grealish tweet because on the one hand I agree it's happened just shut up but I kind of feel like just because the other players are getting worse worse abuse which is obviously unacceptable he I saw quite a lot of abuse towards him um suggesting that he didn't volunteer for a penalty I think it's fair enough as a pro to come out and defend yourself. Um, I, I think it's fair to go, actually, no, I, I'm not blaming any of the other lads. I'm not blaming Southgate, but I did say I'm willing to take one. Like, this isn't on me. But I think I think the thing is, he didn't say that. Like, he just said, like, I I did offer to take a penalty, I think is basically what he said. I don't think he, he didn't mention anybody else. But I don't, I don't really care. I tend to be of the opinion that football players should defend themselves as too uh, defend themselves um, particularly from me- the media as mm. much as they want and a, a platform like Twitter can be a great 
um, way of doing that. But it's been less than 24 hours since it happened. And this is about sort of, I don't know, it's a, it's a bit of a private thing between your manager's picked players. I don't know, it, to be honest, the thing is, it, it feels a bit more like Shea towards Gareth Southgate, of like, you know, I offered myself and he didn't pick me. I think just save it for an interview later down the line, in, in a week, two weeks' time. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just think probably now's, uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not overly fussed about it. I just thought, uh, when I saw it, I thought that's slightly poor taste. Like, I just think, let the dust settle, maybe. And it feels a little bit like throwing Southgate under the bus of. I'd, ima- Sorry, I, I, I'd imagine there is an element of, I don't know. I, I don't think you could blame Jack Grealish if he felt an element of, I don't know, anger or disappointment, whatever the word might be, towards Southgate, but for, for his lack of involvement um, across the tournament, mm. I don't think that will be an unfair opinion for Grealish to have, and that, I, I think that probably has that that definitely definitely mm. has contributed to him putting that tweet out. 100%. I think if he's played ninety minutes in six mm. games and like he doesn't put that tweet out, I. Uh, I, I just I don't know We're, they're, they're all human they're, they're reeling as much as we are I, I, there are far worse things that players have come yeah. out and said and I do like I do like as well um, that that this is the player himself on that account I never like it when it's a social media manager on yeah, the account sure. pretending to be the player N- yeah no I agree with that yeah uh, it, it's fine I just think I, I, I agree and I, I think that Grealish has every right to kind of be a little bit frustrated that he's not played more. I just think that that's private discussions, and I think airing that out yeah. on Twitter. I did like I didn't like the fact that when he wasn't being called up to the England squad, he was on Twitter sort of liking certain um, comments from media outlets or whatever, basically expressing displeasure that Grealish wasn't being called up to the squad. I just I just think that's in poor taste. Like I, I agree with you, Jack. I think you should be playing more football for England. Lots of people think that, but you know, Southgate's a manager. He's going to do what he wants, and I don't think you're helping yourself by basically just <laughs> saying he's wrong because yeah, you know, he's got a he's got a different opinion. And also, I'll be honest with you, I know that there was a lot of people saying, "Oh, it's unacceptable that uh, you know, a player like Grealish is letting 19 year old Saka go up and take the penalty." Which I, I understand why people say that, but do you really think that any one of those England players, if Southgate walked over to them and said, "Look, you're taking penalty one, two, three, four, or five, would have said no? Of course they wouldn't have done. Every single one of them would have stepped up to take a penalty. I have no doubt in my mind they are not going to turn down if they are picked. So Southgate knew he had the option of all of them. I think deep down we all know that all of them would have taken a penalty if asked. It isn't. It isn't for like if if. Saka, so if Southgate goes over to Saka and says, can you take penalty five? And Jack Grealish turns around and goes, no, 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 Gaffer, I'll take number five. That's not fair on Saka. How's that going to go down? I don't understand what people think the setup in this situation is going to be. It's not the players aren't picking who takes the penalties. Grealish can't turn around as a guy that's barely featured all tournament and be like, no, 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 Gaff, I'm going to take the fifth penalty. It's not his decision. He's not, he's not been asked. All he can do is let get Southgate know, which he clearly has, that um, he is an option to be picked. Southgate's not picked him for whatever reason, and clear, clearly that's the wrong decision in hindsight because Saka's missed. But Grealish might have missed as well. Like I, I, I don't know. I think so. Yeah, just what you right at the end there. <clears throat> I think Grealish has the experience. I, I don't think this will define Saka's career. I, I think no, he no, probably no, no. is strong enough that he's going to come back from it. But it's gonna. I think it's a lot easier from a player with the experience that Grealish has Jack Grealish if he goes up and misses that penalty he's he's still a potential 100 million pound transfer target he he can go home and go I'm the best player at Villa I'm captaining my boyhood team I love it I'm loving life like it's just it's just a bit of an easier situation to come back and I don't think it I don't think this will define Saka's career but I do I think it'll have to it'll dwell on him for quite a while and and Southgate of all people knows that. That's that's why I I think I was just surprised more than anything that he would put that pressure on someone when he of all people knows what having that pressure and fucking it up can do mm. to you, like from a from a mental health perspective. Yeah. Like more than anything. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. And as, as I've said, I think it, I think it was the wrong decision. I wouldn't have put Saka on one of the five penalties. I, I, but I'm not watching them in training. I'm assuming that Southgate has seen something in these penalty takers to go, well, they're the best five penalty takers. So fuck the pressure, fuck the situation. They're going to take the penalties because they're the best at it. Um, I don't think that's probably true because Saka doesn't take penalties for his club. He never has. He's 19 years old. I, I can't imagine he's a better penalty taker than Grealish. I'd be surprised, but maybe, but maybe he was. Um, but um, yeah, uh, I don't know. But I agree. I don't, I don't think it, I don't think it will define his career. Or I will it dwell on him? Maybe maybe it, it, it will affect him. But I think the players are a lot stronger. I think than they used to be. I think they have to endure a lot more. Um, in terms of media criticism, I also think. Especially, Saka, sorry, no, sorry. No, sorry. No, no, I was, I was I, just going to say. Oh no, you gonna you want to go? I was just going to say, especially as as a black player in yeah, this 100%. current climate, yeah, yeah as well, hundred percent, definitely um, have to be strong, more yeah. mentally resolute. Yeah, which of course they shouldn't have to be, but they do have to be. Um, but yeah, what I think Saka has uh, in his favour that I think probably Southgate didn't have is. He, Saka in front of him right now has a decade plus of playing for England potentially in a England team that is full of young potential so will probably well at least has the potential to dominate on the world stage for a long time to come so I think that as early as next year Saka could have an opportunity to redeem himself and I think that's super important for Saka to be able to help England get to uh, do you know what no, actually screw that because he doesn't have to do anything to justify he missed a penalty it's not a big deal like everyone's going to miss a penalty and I don't think I don't think he needs to do anything to kind of vindicate that but I imagine it's nice for it would be nice for him um, if next year England go to the final again and win it and he's able to score a couple of goals in the process or something um but yeah, we'll see. Unless you've got anything to add, anything else to add, I think that's probably it on pens. <laughs> <laughs>